Welcome to Saturday Morning Chat. Nick Hedrick here along with, that's a new face. Ethan does not look that different. Um, <laughs> this is Trey Dietrich. If you're a hardcore fan of Stranded, you would recognize him from the SSGA as my golf partner. Uh, and Trey, I think this should be a compliment, but you're probably the most athletically accomplished person that has ever hosted or co-hosted one of these podcasts. Well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm really starting to enjoy. I'm doing the the league, uh, the league podcast that we just started up that you're editing. Um, I really, really enjoy doing that. So when you asked me to do this, it was a no brainer. And uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on and let me do this. Of course, man. And uh, Trey, for those of you that don't know, we do a podcast for our uh, well, I don't do it. I edit it. I'm behind yeah. this. I, I don't want the, you know, attention. Uh, that's all Trey and Doug. But Trey does a podcast for uh, her fantasy football league, so that's what that's in reference to. Uh, Trey, it's been a wild week in the NFL, uh, from divorces to people getting sued for tackling people that run on the field. Uh, so I'm going to put the pressure on you here. Uh, what do we want to uh, talk about here before we get into our uh, games to watch and our bets for the weekend? Well, I think uh, the, the whole uh, – somebody getting sued uh, for, for what, what they're doing on the field and hitting them. I think that man should get paid uh, <laughs> personally. Uh, so I like, I, I can't remember where I was listening to this, but uh, they were talking about how a, a good punishment for those kind of people are to carry them off the field with a sign around them that has the opposite of what they were out there for. So like, <laughs> for example, like this was like animal activism. So like you, you throw a sign around them, like we love animals, they're delicious or something like that. <laughs> like, I think that would be funny. Um, that. That'd be good though. Wouldn't that be good? Like you just, you, your message gets out there, but it's quite the opposite message that you're, uh, that you're going for. <laughs> I, I didn't read too much about it after it happened. I tried not to ever, but like, I, I would love to know what the point of the flare or whatever the hell you would actually classify that thing shooting out the pink smoke. Well, I guess it'd be a flare. Um, I, I'd love to know why that was brought out there. Uh, but hell, yeah, Bobby Wagner lighting him up was pretty cool though. Yeah. And that, that group is a pretty, I, I looked into that group quite a bit. They're it's like called direct action everywhere or something like that. And they, they go, they go everywhere. They go into grocery stores. They, they, uh, they're pretty uh, avid about um, animal rights and bringing stuff. And they, they were the ones out there for the first game of the season this year against the, the Rams bills. Oh, really? Uh, oh yeah. So they did it. They did the exact same thing in the Rams bills game um, with the pink flare and everything. And he, and the, the lady got carted off, but um, yeah, uh, they're uh I think that man should get paid. I don't think there should be any suing allowed. I mean, and, and and another point is, is like on a whole serious note here is like, you don't know what that person's doing down there. I mean, that could be somebody who has a weapon in their pocket or who has some, like could be a terrorist. I mean, it wasn't, but like these players don't know like that, what they're doing down there on the field. So like, I, I completely side with the football i think was it bobby wagner i think it was bobby wagner yeah yeah like i like there's no reason for him to get sued at all and, and like I, I get what you're saying with that point you just made because like you should think at a football game like you're safe and they have the security in place for things to not happen but 
immediately your counterpoint is, well, then how the hell did they get on the field to begin with if all the security measures are in place so well? Well, exactly. They had a flare shooting pink pixie dust everywhere, so God forbid that gets in a player's eye or something from how close they were getting to him. You would instinctively, you're going to try and stop that person no matter how, and it just so happened that it happened to be a very athletic man who was souped up in shoulder pads and a helmet that was the one that got to the guy first yeah, but, uh, Connor, yeah i think if i don't think bobby wagner is going to be the one to pay up if anything the stadium operations people or whatever account that would fall under would probably be held liable and yeah that'll be that but yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh the steelers browns when uh james harrison suplexed that browns oh my gosh yeah the dude in like the full track suit like all this <laughs> That yeah. really is an important detail. I just remember that was the year they won the Super Bowl against Seattle. And uh, uh, I had like, I don't remember it was sporting news or something, but there was some magazine that my dad got me like commemorative that like detailed every game. And I just remember one of the pictures was like James Harrison with the dude like this, <laughs> like mid suplex. And I just remember thinking that poor sucker that had. Yeah. Well, the difference in the difference between like that dude and like this person is this person is on there for a cause. They they haven't had anything to drink. Like that Browns fan just was like some dumbass drunk Browns fan who just thought it would be funny and had no intentions on on uh, getting suplexed by James Harrison. But <laughs> trying to see if they ever name in an article here. They just says the fan filed the police report doesn't say like if they were intent i don't know like i said we don't talk about legal things here normally uh which made this starting off really funny because that was one of the only footnotes i gave trey but uh i know well you, you brought it up and i was like okay fine i mean do you want to start talking about two and out too and like all that <laughs> stuff <laughs> uh, preferably not uh, but i i hope I, i'm excited to see what happens with this uh because I feel like this has happened a lot more now, people sprinting on fields and whatnot. I remember like the Daytona 500 this year, there were people saying they were going to run on the track at some point or mm-hmm. something during like a caution. I was like, are you that stupid? But I don't know. People are ballsy. And I hate to sound like a boomer, but with TikTok and all these pranks and stuff online picking back up, like this could kind of set a tone for if there's consequences for doing this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Who cares if we sound like boomers? We're like 24. We're yeah. We're old now. For the internet, we're old. Um, yeah. Something I really wanted to talk about. I don't know if you've had time to see this today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, his next boxing match. <laughs> yeah, isn't he uh, AP, right? Uh, he fought AP already. Oh, now, who won that? Bell knocked him out, technically. Uh, okay. Uh, it was an exhibition. So it's not like on the books as a uh, as a win, but he knocked right. AP out in the last round. Literally, uh, like the only punch he threw that looked coherent uh, <laughs> landed. Now he's fighting Uriah Hall, who uh, fought in the UFC. I think he fought in Bellator too. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, but he's gonna fight on the Jake Paul Anderson Silva undercard next or this month actually, uh, the 29th in arizona so after i didn't get the i didn't, I didn't watch the levy on bell ap but you you did like do you think bell stands a chance against an actual fighter here i i'm i watched the ufc like i'm not a diehard 
Um, the last couple of years I've been getting into it. I'm not super familiar with Uriah Hall. Uh, everyone online is saying Le'Veon Bell is going to get massacred by this poor man. Now, granted, everyone has said that about everyone Jake Paul's fought, everyone Logan Paul's fought. Um, so maybe take it with a grain of salt. Maybe they're discrediting Le'Veon, but I didn't think he looked great. Again, I'm like 160 pounds, 5'9". I don't have any right to be talking about an actual athlete's chances in the boxing ring, but based on what I saw against AP, I mean, Bell, he looked decent. It just looked like he wasn't very aggressive, which maybe it's not the worst thing ever. Um, but like I said, the punch he landed against Peterson that knocked him out was like the only coherent looking boxing move he did in terms of like setting it up and catching him. Uh, so I, I don't foresee it going well. Will I watch? Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of, I'm, you're, you're hyping me up here. I, I kind of want to watch it too, but like, just, and yeah, well, like you said, the whole Logan Paul and everything, everybody just says they're going to get massacred and they come out and they do pretty well for themselves. Actually. I, uh, I, I just can't, wouldn't be able to bring myself to even like, if I were to even bet on that fight or anything to bet on Livia and Bell in this situation, like, like I didn't watch the first fight. I don't know what's going on, like how good he is, how skillful he is, or even how good the fighter is. But like, I'm taking the fighter over the football player any day in a ring. I, but what do I know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fight's going to be at 195 pounds. I don't know <clears throat> what he played at. I don't know what his playing weight used to be. Um, but in terms of uh, what weight class that would be, yeah, they're going to be fighting at 195. The footnote is that both men have to be under 200 pounds for the fight to go on. So okay. I guess if you're going to be overweight, don't be five pounds overweight. So the fight is really at 200. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, coming in at 199. That's what I was going to say. Like, no, neither of those guys are going to come in at 195. And you'd be kind of dumb if you did. If, if they're going to say, oh, well, you know, you just have to be under 200. Get up to 199.5. <laughs> well, I know like this is technically a professional fight now, not an exhibition. And I know in actual organizations, like if you miss weight, you could lose some of your purse. Uh, if there's okay. any belt ramifications or anything, those are off the line now, at least for the person that was missed weight. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And you got to think this is all about the money not necessarily for their own morale purposes because Le'Veon Bell's done what he's done. That fighter's obviously a fighter. But well, I'd say most of it's for the money. <laughs> as someone who still follows Bell on social media, uh, he he seems to be into it. Like when the Peterson fight first got announced, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm all about boxing now. Like the NFL was fun, but this is my new passion. Like I need to be good at this. Cause I want to be good. It was like, it was deep. Yeah, Cause he so, wants to be good at something probably. Yeah. If I had millions of dollars to throw into a new hobby, I'd do it too. So <laughs> right. Wait, well, what happens? I just went out and bought boxing gloves today. So. Oh, that's awesome. I had a heavy bag before I moved. Watch out, Livion. So but, I uh, those boxing workouts kiss, uh, kissed my ass. They kicked my ass, and they yeah. kissed my ass as a result. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I want to. I saw the heavy bags at my new gym that I'm going to, and I was like, "Hey, why not?" So I went out and bought bought some at Walmart today. Took me a while to find them, like I said. <laughs> that uh, level red boxing that they had. So I actually worked at uh, 
matter and oxygen. So I would get free classes over there at level red. Mm -hmm. That's the best workout I've ever had in my entire life. Besides playing football. Like that was so good. I left there feeling like I lost seven pounds of sweat. Like it was, it's a really good workout and it's fun. Like it, it hurts, but it's like, you get to punch something. It's, it's, it's just fun. (laughs) No, they are. And like, I would do them on that heavy bag in my basement and it felt like I was in Rocky and yeah, I just would be drenched in uh, sweat and I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like I've never felt better about myself than when you get done with those. Yeah. Like you said, you just hit something for like 35 minutes. Like what better feeling is there than that after a long day? Right. I got myself a little jump rope too. So I'm really going to be like, oh, rocking gonna be doing, uh, yeah. it looks like I'm conducting an orchestra, but I'm doing a crisscross. Uh, <laughs> I almost called it an umbrella jump rope thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trey, we've got time for like one more uh, topic here. So uh, we'll throw it back over to you. Well, I was just going to bring it back to football. What are your thoughts on uh, the game tonight? Um, the Colts Broncos, just that like, I, Personally, I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's kind of a really underwhelming Thursday night game. Um, but like, if you would have told me about this game during the season, I would have been like, that's going to be a damn good game because you got Russell Wilson and the Broncos and you got the Colts with Matt Ryan, who were actually really, really good last year. And, you know, even though they lost to the Jags at the end of the season, they definitely, you know, both of these teams had such high hopes coming into the season just like every team has, but these guys were supposed to be really good. And they both kind of, uh, eh. So it's good. Like, I'm not too excited to watch it tonight. And Jonathan Taylor too, right? What was that? Isn't Jonathan Taylor out too? Last I checked, he was out. So it's going to be like a, yeah. By the time everyone's hearing this, this game will have happened. So it's going to be fun to look back and see how wrong we were. But uh, (laughs) That's true. I don't know. This game's weird to me. It's weird to me how much stock they put in Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Cause I think they've been in like three primetime game uh, games already. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> not good. I don't want to say he's not good. I love Russell Wilson. He's like one of my favorite players to watch, but the regression has been real this year. Uh, and yeah, he definitely hit that cliff that they've been saying Tom Bray's going to hit forever. I mean, he's like, he's just on the down slope. I mean, the Broncos, the first week of the season, knocked me out of my last man standing. I, I thought I originally was like, the Broncos are going to be really good. Um, I thought the Seahawks were holding Russell Wilson back for some reason. Completely wrong on all these takes, by the way. And like, I was like, I was like, the Broncos are going to win their division over the Chiefs and the Raiders and all this stuff. Zero chance. They're not, they're no, they're nothing special. So I do think they're going to win tonight, though. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I, I think they're going to win tonight. You know, the Colts, Colts say they beat Kansas City. Kansas City beat themselves a lot that game. Uh, the Colts are a team I like to see do well when the Steelers aren't doing well, which this year. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Broncos get a very anticlimactic win with a really dumb like Thursday night football score of like twenty to sixteen or something. Mm-hmm. That that'll be my prediction. I can't wait for Saturday to come and. uh we're really wrong, but that, yeah. that's my thought. I think we go from these marquee matchups on Thursday. Now we have a little bit of a less desirable one. I think we get a big, uh, big in terms of uh, quality tonight. A hundred. I, I completely agree with you there. That's why I wanted to make sure we were on the same page there. Cause like, <laughs> I was like, who's playing tonight? Like, I, I just didn't even care. I was like, this is not, this isn't going to be a good game. I don't think. 
I this could be completely wrong. I'm not looking at the Thursday night schedule, but I love when they make the first couple weeks like really good games and then they just like taper off. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I haven't looked at the Thursday night schedule, but this is definitely the first one that feels like it's an absolute stinker. So yeah. So we'll yeah. see. But there are games we are excited to watch, and we're gonna talk about those right now. I'm going to go with the uh, Rams Cowboys because I think the Cooper Rush Cowboys with Cooper Rush coming in, not losing a single NFL game, Rams being completely lost in what they're doing this year, Matt Stafford not doing well. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really, really good game. Um, and I, I would take the Cowboys to cover that spread. And uh, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm really excited to watch that game because also the storylines that go along with that game too – if Cooper Rush just keeps winning and Dak Prescott comes back from surgery, I know they're paying, you know, a billion dollars on Dak Prescott, but like, how do you, how do you justify taking Cooper Rush out when he hasn't lost a game yet, especially coming up here against the Rams, former Super Bowl champs? Like how, how do you justify that besides the money as, as a fan? Yeah. I know that's been something that's been talked about a lot is, you know, they have, I can't remember what analyst said it, but some analyst that makes a lot more money than we do said like they have 300 something million reasons not to start Cooper Rush over Dak, but the dude's undefeated right now. And if you beat the former Super Bowl champs, as you said, regardless of how good they're playing, you know, that's still a defense with Aaron Donald on it and Jalen Ramsey on it. So, I mean, how do you kind of hold that against him? Yeah. And I think like, I think the, the, the Cowboys are just playing a lot better football and, I, I was listening to, I don't want to steal this guy's material, uh, Kyle Brandt, I love Kyle Brandt, but like I was listening to him and he was just talking about how like, yeah, Dak's in there and you're going to get into, you know, a shootout. It's going to be, you're going to lose 42 to 35, or you can have Cooper Rush and you can play an absolutely boring, like we said tonight, uh, tonight's game is going to be, they're going to, but they're going to pull out a win 20 to 16, but you got to let the Cowboys defense I mean, the Cowboys defense is incredible. Michael Parsons is arguably the best player in the league right now. Um, and he, he's playing completely out of his mind, and the Cowboys defense is just good. So if they can, if Cooper Rutch can manage the game, not do anything spectacular, throw for 180 yards, a touchdown, hand the ball off to Zeke, hand the ball off to, you know, hit CeeDee Lamb for eight yards. But they could just keep doing that, and they'll pull out a win 20 to 16. I guess the question is, is would you rather see Dak Prescott put 42 up and lose or would you rather see Cooper Rush put up 17 and win? Wow. What a take. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in the uh, NFC East here. Giants and Packers, both three and one. Uh, there's a lot of asterisks, I think, next to these records in a way. Um, but the Giants, their only loss is to Cooper Rush in, in Dallas. And they beat the Bears, Titans, and Panthers. Maybe none of those wins stand out on paper, really. The Titans are 2-2, two and two, but that's the defending number one seed in the AFC, uh, regardless of how that went for them. Packers obviously had a bad week one like they did last year, and then they've rattled off three wins straight, including Tom Brady and the Bucks. So I think this is a really interesting game. Uh, really excited to see, you know, if the Giants can prove that maybe they can hang with some of these big dogs early on and uh, 
you're always excited to see what Aaron Rodgers can do because you have the feeling time's kind of winding down on his clock in terms of how long he'll be playing. So I think there's a lot riding on this game. You know, Green Bay's had some ugly wins in those three wins. Uh, you have to keep in mind it's still relatively early, but I think there's a lot of storylines in this game as well that make it pretty interesting. Yeah, the, the way I see the Giants, and, and this is coming from an obvious Bills fan here, but like you got, they got Dable, former Bills OC, and they got Joe Shane, the assistant GM. I see them at like the Giants very well could be the Bills in five years, six years. Because what they're doing is they're doing exactly what happened with the Bills in 2017. They're coming out. They're probably going to get rid of one of their big players at the end of this season. But for some reason, they're going to like surprise themselves and they're going to make the playoffs or something crazy like that. Just like the Bills did in 2017 with Tyrod Taylor. They're like, there was no intentions on Tyrod being the future quarterback. There was no intentions on making the playoffs that year. They were in a complete rebuild, but somehow, some way, Dable's bringing the culture, Joe Shane's bringing the culture. And uh, that, that, that culture is completely shifting over there at the Giants. And uh, I'm pretty excited for that one, too. I think that's going to be a good game. And uh, as a complete cop-out for my second game to watch, I put the entire MLB playoffs. <laughs> um, we I knew we were going to talk about the NFL, but I, I really like some of these matchups, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, uh, Seattle, Toronto. Seattle, it's the first time since like 01 or something they've been in. National League, you have the Phillies and Cardinals, and then the Mets, who blew their division towards the end to play in the Padres. Uh, playoff baseball is like one of my favorite playoff atmospheres. Uh, sadly, I'll never know what that's like being a Pirates fan, other than, you know, two or three seasons in a row, almost 10 years ago now. Uh, and maybe not again till I have my own children. But you know what? Still love playoff baseball, love the atmosphere. Feels like fall during playoff yeah. baseball. So. I'm going to be yeah, like as much as I can. Yeah, I, I like playoff baseball too. I, I will say I'm not like a – I'm a fair weather fan when it comes to the Red Sox. I watch them when they're good, love them when they're winning the World Series. Don't have the time to watch 180 games. My Red Sox are bad, to be honest. So uh, I'll, I'll be honest there. But uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on uh, – um, like the whole shift of what's going on with the MLB and like the one game plans. Cause I know you said you're classic baseball fan and like all that stuff. And I know some people are mad about it, but like, I'm, I'm kind of happy. I think that's kind of fun. I think it it's uh, more, a little more fun to watch. Like, was it last year or two years ago when the Red Sox and Yankees played and there was a one game plan Red Sox won. Like I thought that was, I thought that was a little bit more fun to watch. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Admittedly, like my baseball fandom has dropped significantly since like the Pirates suck, and it's like mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to follow Fair. through the whole year when you're Fair weather fans. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I always hated that the wild card round of the playoffs is one game, solely because baseball's built on series. You know, yeah. every team plays someone for like three or four games, and so to have a important playoff series be one game, it just never felt right to me. So the fact these wild card series are three games now, I think that's really cool. I think that's a big step in the right direction, and um, more playoff teams means more money. So mm -hmm. there's that, and yeah. I always like watching baseball. Uh, again, watching playoff baseball, I should say. So I mean, the right. longer playoffs go on, the better, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. uh, 
they're making a lot of changes soon that I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, you know what? In terms of playoff size and everything, uh, I haven't really minded these changes. Yeah. All right. Just curious. Because, like I said, I'm kind of a Fairweather fan too, so I don't really watch it as much. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your next game to watch? Uh, I'm bringing it back to the NFL because that's what I love the most. Uh, the Bengals-Ravens. I think that's going to be a really, really good game. It's going to have a lot of football right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and these are the two, sorry, Nick, the two most relevant teams in the AFC uh, North. So uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm very curious and uh, I'm kind of torn on who I would take in this game. Um, but I think this, like, there's a lot of storylines here. There's a lot of uh, implications on what the future of the, the rest of the season is going to be just based off of this one game. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think, you know, like I alluded to when you first brought it up, AFC North games are always fun. They're always competitive. Uh, sometimes they're downright dirty. Uh, yeah. And like you said, exactly not to completely rip off what you said, but it's getting to the point now, week five, you have to start cementing yourself as a, you know, good team this year or a team that's going to struggle and you have to capitalize on these division games. And uh, I think both have something to prove. I mean, what, the Ravens are two and two, and I saw a stat today that they've trailed for 14 seconds total, like yeah. through the whole year, and they're 500 right now. Obviously, Joe Burrow's had a bit of a slow start, uh, but, I mean, it's a perfect early season matchup here because you have two young quarterbacks who Lamar's in a contract year, took a huge bet on himself, is killing it this year. Uh, he's going to want to ball out. Joe Burrow's going to show that he wasn't a one-year wonder. He's going to want to ball out and prove that all his talent wasn't in his appendix, which uh, is a heavy internet rumor right now. So, I mean, I this is a game I'm definitely going to be sitting down and watching too. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. And the problem I see, like, with the Ravens is like, I want to take them every week, but they're such, they're so, they ride so much on how Lamar Jackson does, like, Lamar Jackson has to play a great game for them to win as opposed to a mediocre game. Mm -hmm. uh, if he plays a mediocre game, they lose. I mean, they that, that unfortunately, they don't have the talent in order to, uh, to beat good teams without Lamar Jackson. Um, and if you take away his legs, he becomes a mediocre quarterback, in my opinion. Not that he can't throw. I'm, I'm a huge Lamar fan. Um but so like, I want to ride with the Ravens tonight, but like that could be, I, I just don't know who I would take. Uh, yeah. It's tough to make a prediction on. Um, I'm going to say the Ravens just, just for the hell of saying something. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say the Ravens take one. So right, well, I'm going to take the Bengals then. Okay. Take the Bengals. Okay. Good deal. That's how we do business here. All right, so now we'll move into our wagers, the weekend wagers. All of these lines, all these stats are as of about 6 o'clock on Thursday. So if they change by the time you're listening to this, sorry. Uh, these are all as of DraftKings numbers as well. Bears-Vikings play this weekend. I'm going to take the under of 44. The Bears have the 31st scoring offense in the league. Minnesota's towards the middle of the pack. Yeah, there's always the fear that Justin Jefferson starts going off or maybe Dalvin Cook gets cooking. Uh, but I'm pretty confident they'll stay under 44 here. Yeah, I'm, I am I would agree with you. And then I'm also going to take the under in the uh, the Cowboys-Rams game. 
Um, like I said, I talked about it earlier. The Cowboys are going to try and uh, control the game here. Their defenses, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, aren't going to allow the Rams to score that many points. Not that the Rams aren't going to stop themselves anyway. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> then the Cowboys obviously don't have an electrifying offense with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to pull it off, but I, I think I think we're going to smash the under. I think the under is 43. Last I checked. So. Then uh, my other one. Back in the day, we did a NFL Pick'em show where we picked every game here on Strand. It's called To the House. Uh, we have a bird battle here, as my good pal Jack would say. Um, yeah. The Cardinals and the Eagles, the undefeated Eagles, the superior team in Pennsylvania right now. Uh, that'll probably stay that way for a while, too. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover five and a half. Uh, you know, they've had some real slow starts get going towards the end of the game. And regardless... Uh, I think that will propel them into uh, losing by less than uh, six points there. So, Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, another game that I, I, I forgot to mention that I'm excited for, but I'll also take the bet too, is the Lions-Patriots. Um, I think that's going to be a really good game. The Lions have been showing out this year a little bit more than we thought, and the Patriots are a little more not who they used to be. Uh, I think it's New England minus three. I'm taking that. I'm taking the Lions there. I would even take the money line. I think they're uh, I think they're gonna win this game. So uh, that's my other bet. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Trey, uh, we end the show with a uh, final thought if uh, if you were interested, about thirty seconds, just uh, just vent if you want to. vent. Uh, well, I can't talk about what I want to talk about. So um I'm gonna say, I, with Tua being out, I think the Dolphins are a scrap. Um, I don't think they're going to be any good. Um, I think Tyreek Hill is great. They can get him the ball. I think Tua was actually playing really, really good football. And uh, if, if he's out and, you know, this guy's saying that he needs to retire, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I don't think the, the Dolphins are going to be as good. I think the Bills take the next game in December against the Dolphins. Um, I think I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to uh, mount too much this year without Tua. It's my final thought. It's a bold take, but uh, I, I can get behind that. I can definitely get behind that. They have Tyreek Hill, so you're like, God, oh, if they the whoever who's their backup, Teddy. Teddy two goals. Yeah, they're like if Teddy Bridgewater can just throw it to Tyreek Hill. Though he looked pretty good last week. Yeah, he, he looked okay. He, but he like, feels good after the Bills barely lost with like half their defense missing. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, there's some homerism for you. I'll I'll pretend to be a Bills fan right now. <laughs> um I was gonna talk about Tom Brady and Giselle, man. What happened? Well, so like here's my thing, and I could be completely way off there. I don't know. I don't want to like talk ill about anybody any of these two because i don't know what actually happened if people were cheating or whatever happened but if the whole thing is that zell is upset that tom brady's playing another year she needs to get over herself because <laughs> because because think about it you got all of our all of our you know my parents all of the, the typical parent works until they're 65 and a white like he's 45 Pretty much everybody, every other wife out there has to wait or husband out there has to wait for their significant other to come home from work every day. Mm -hmm. I, 
I'm sure he's flying Giselle with the team if she wants to. Like, she can spend time with him. He's busy, too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like I, I don't know. I, Like I said, I could be way off there. But, like, if he wants to play one more year, he's 45 years old. Got plenty of time. I, I, I just I, – that's my thoughts. But, once again, Tom Brady could be out there, like, on the scene – and you know, I don't know. Pulling the women of the night in Tampa. Yeah, right. Um, but no, this is a this is a crazy story. It's a crazy. I've never I never remember hearing any like marital issues between the two of them. And then suddenly he went on that hiatus during training camp, and it was just like, what the hell yeah, is going was- on here? And then she even tweeted like the first week of the season, like let's go Patriots or Patriots. <laughs> That's why they're getting divorced. She's still Pats. Um, but she's like, let's go Tom Brady in the box. Like, hooray. And I was like, this is weird. And now yeah. they're allegedly getting divorced. And, I don't know if that's what people thought originally when he like took that hiatus. So now people are just trying to speak it into existence, but apparently they have these documents that they hired lawyers. So well, maybe it's what's a- going on. Maybe it's a really, really elaborate prank that he's still on the Masked Singer, and she's just in on it. Who knows? Maybe. That's a lot of money. Fox did pay him comfortably, but I don't know if they paid him that well. <laughs> uh, man. Well, that was Saturday morning chat, recorded on a Thursday. Trey, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. All right. We'll see you next time.